Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. A mid-morning dance with the devil from the farmer of fury. Dangerous mid-morning debate with the great dictator. The independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. The boots are being well and truly stuck in this morning as the Tories prepare to head to Birmingham for their conference of the weekend. Boris Johnson has published his own manifesto for Brexit, which isn't really any different from any other manifesto he's produced in recent memory and produces a lot more hot air than it does light. Meanwhile, over in America, the nation has been glued to its TVs for the past 24 hours, watching Supreme Court Justice nominee Brett Kavanaugh defending himself against attempted rape allegations from Christine Blasey Ford from 36 years ago. It's a terribly ugly spectacle. Makes you feel quite sorry for the Americans that their political system has come to this. But Donald Trump is still giving him his full support and urging uh, the Senate to make sure uh, he becomes a Supreme Court justice. 0344 Katie Perry was here to help us wade through the muck and mire of the two political systems. And we'll find out just how she got on with the Corbynistas in Liverpool this week. And we'll be finding out just where you hide from your partner and your family responsibilities when you need to. 0344 Because it's Friday, it's time for another sparkling edition of the Perrier Awards uh, produced and presented of course by uh, Ms Katie Perrier it's an homage to my brilliant broadcasting week you're listening to me Mike Graham and Katie Perrier on Talk Radio The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio Do you pay much attention to hygiene ratings when you go anywhere? Yes, do you? absolutely Even if you go into like a posh restaurant do you yeah. look for the hygiene rating? Yeah I do on I the don't door. I really don't I mean, it's they don't. a thing now Yeah but they don't all have them on the doors do they? I mean the, the, I was in a restaurant last law, night I they're meant did. to Right. They are meant to, and you can always Google it and have a look uh, yeah. and type in, you know, hygiene ratings and stuff. It's it's made a difference to the way we certainly what we buy and yeah. where we go, because I just won't go anywhere kind of three stars or less. Really? In fact, four or five. Well, is kind not of even the old kebab shop on the way home from the pub. Well, I found out that my kebab shop was a two star rating, <laughs> so we didn't go there anymore. And then really? they got revisited, and yeah. now they're back. At, they're at five are because they? they obviously realised how much business they'd yeah. lost. Okay. And at five, so now we go back there. Okay. So it does affect uh, business considerably. And I, I mean, it I, does shock so, I mean, you don't. I mean, right see, I, I wouldn't expect a, a kebab shop to have a particularly high hygiene. 
hygiene rating. It wouldn't bother me if they didn't, to be honest. Yeah, but you're a bloke, and quite frankly, you know, you're the... yeah, but I could still die of food poisoning. <laughs> Blokes you know. kind of roll over and they eat what's left over from the night before. <laughs> they don't care. But if I'm going to have a takeaway, I yeah. want to know that the mice haven't been there first. Okay. Well, let's talk to Councillor Howard Sykes, who's the vice chair of the local government association, uh, and find out what uh, this is all about. Howard, a very good morning to you. Welcome. Yeah, yeah. Good morning. How are now, you? Uh, I'm very well. I mean, I'm less concerned about hygiene ratings than Katie is here. Is that normal? Um, yes, it is. But, but just one thing Katie said, uh, that's the whole point of what we are saying today. It isn't the law that they have to display these ratings so Katie can't make her informed choice. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. I thought it was. It is if she goes to visit Wales or Northern Ireland, but believe it or not, in England, hmm. it isn't. So right. if people have a low rating, they tend not to display it, don't right. they? Well, I mean, I have to say, and I'm not the most observant of people at times, especially if I'm going to a restaurant, but quite often you'll go to, say, quite a posh restaurant and they don't have anything in the windows. They don't want to spoil the way it looks. Um, yeah, and, and, and I think sometimes people can make the wrong assumption. Just because it's a posh restaurant doesn't necessarily mean it'll be a five. No. And I have to say, in defence of kebab shops everywhere, many of them are five and have excellent standards. Sure. So, so, so you can't, you know, just because you're paying... Five or other than 50 quid, yeah. Paying a fortune, it doesn't mean they're up to standard. Yeah. I presume it is part of the law that they have to have uh, a hygiene rating, so that they have to yes, open they they have have to to have open themselves up. They have to have a hygiene rating. They'll, they'll all have them. Um, the ones that are lower scored are inspected more often. Yeah. And in fairness, if you get a low score, you can ask to be re-inspected if you put the things right that are wrong on it. Right, OK. And so how often, on average, do you um, would you say each individual establishment is visited? Is it once a year or what? Uh, it depends what it is. So if you were a five, you'd be visited less often than if you were a one or a two, where they'd be back round in a couple of months' time right. to see if you were better. So it's all done on risk. OK. What sort uh, of thing would get you a one or a two? Well, I think you'd have serious problems with food storage, handling, uh, cleanliness, uh, them sort of issues that have you down at the the, the bottom end, all mm. the sort of things that, that, that make us a bit... You know, ill when yes. we get by food. Um, I, used to, I used to work in a bakery many, many years ago. We used to dread the old health inspector coming in because they would always find stuff that wasn't terrible, um, but that, you know, the, the, the proprietor would always go, oh, God, you know, it's going to mean that they're going to come back. And they could, I think they could find you as well, couldn't they? Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. I used to work in a bakery as well, mm. believe it or not. There you uh, go. But, but really it's interesting. We work in partnership with environmental. So they don't just come in with a big stick. They'll work with people to say, well, you need to do this, do that. Um, they're not the big, bad, nasty person that maybe they were 20 yeah. or 30 years ago. And they work with premises because everybody's interested in raising standards. Sure. And also, I mean, you know, when you're in, I mean, I suppose things are probably better now than they were sort of back in the 70s when I was a teenager and I was doing all this kind of stuff um, because you've got premises now which are newer. It's when you get the old, really old sort of kitchens and, and the old bakeries and things which are, have been there for donkey's years, you know? Yeah, yeah. Older premises are always more of a challenge. Uh, but equally so, you can get some brand new premises that, that score very low. Uh, sometimes if they don't have the appropriate cleansing regime or staff haven't been mm. trained um, how to do it and, and or, you know, maybe don't get rid of stuff when it drops on the floor. We've all seen them videos. Well, I can assure you it does happen. <laughs> it does. And what about if somebody complains about a, 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 a place? Maybe, you know, they had an upset stomach or something or, you know, they've eaten something and they've become ill. I mean, is there, is there a process for that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, things will usually be investigated if people complain like that. Um I'd always say that, you know, sometimes you might want to actually let the premise know because if you're working in partnership with people, they want to know um, 
it's often not the food premise. Right. It can be something else. Um, but it'll get investigated, and obviously there's some very serious things you can pick up from food premises that don't just make you ill, can actually kill you. Mm. Yeah, well, exactly. Uh, and you just look into the hygiene standards, don't you? You know, what about the, where the food comes from originally? Do you have look into anything like that? Because I know that people have some worries about, you know, where some of the chicken and, and the meat comes from and originates uh, from in the first the place. The issue of sort of food security and that, no, no, that's that, that's that's not part of the star. Um, the, the star rating is all about hygiene. It's all about hygiene. And it's how stuff's, you know, assembled on the premises or cooked or whatever. So that's, if you see something... If you sorry? see, sorry, if you see something that you think's wrong, so you're in a sandwich shop, and they are taking the money and they're make putting the cheese on and they're doing all this with their yeah. hands all day long, and you haven't seen them wash their hands once. I mean, you know, who do you phone? Who? What do you do? Report, report it to the local council's environmental health department. I mean, I'd tell this person in the shop, don't you think you need to wash your hands? Yeah. See what reaction. Because you do you see. I mean, I often see people with the blue gloves on, right, and they're making the sandwich, but then they don't take them off to take the money. So no. you might effectively oh, might as well not bother wearing. It the object. Well, it does, doesn't it? They're <laughs> scratching their hair, yeah. and you know, then they've gone to the loo and they've right. come back, and you're kind and of suspicious. And they've still got the blue gloves on. Yeah, very suspicious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I think that there's, there's, you know, we need to be braver in Britain about saying to people, you know, I would rather you washed your hands before you started making my sandwich, or I'd rather you wore gloves, or, you know, don't you should take gloves off for the money? Yeah, yeah we, need to, we are very, you know, compliant or apologetic. Um, other nations and nationalities are less so when it comes to this. And like I say, it isn't just about being, this isn't about being pernickety. This can have a major impact on your health, and where it particularly impacts is on people who are younger or older at either end, because they're a lot more vulnerable to... Uh, things in food in terms of infections and stuff. Mind you, I wouldn't feed uh, kebabs to my kids. I mean, I'd go into a kebab shop and get one after, you know, a certain number of pints in the What's pub. What's wrong with chicken and salad? I wouldn't give my kids anything out of a kebab shop. Really? No, I wouldn't. We do? No. I would. So I'd, I mean, I'd I've seen other people, chicken, I've seen parents doing it. Grilled chicken and salad and a pit of bread is fine. What, you mean out of a kebab shop or yeah. just one that you make? No, 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 out of a kebab shop. Okay. Grilled chicken and salad and pizza bread. Surely mm-hmm. that's fine. Healthy option, that. Good, well, yeah. good healthy meal, balanced, protein, whatever. Yeah, steady yeah. on. But the point, no, but if, <laughs> you're in, if you're in one of these, you know, kebab shops, which has the tendency to give you stuff when you, when you, you know, you might not be that great when you eat it because you're a grown-up, you can handle it. If you're a kid and it's a bit dodgy, then you might I be really I don't know why Ill. you're picking on kebab shops because Chinese takeaways, yeah. fish and chip shops, the cafes, I mean, cafes, you know, you some, suddenly sitting there thinking, that moment that's just dripping sweat onto my food, it doesn't look all that tasty <laughs> what anymore. What sort of cafes do you go you to? You know, in a really hot day and someone's cooking something for you. So yeah. I think it's across the board. I think we've become too British in a way that we just don't complain. We don't say, actually, I don't think this place is very clean. Do you think you should do something about it? You know, and always judge. If you are in a restaurant, judge the quality of the toilets because if they are really disgusting, I'm sorry, then I they know, are I not going to be paying attention. I don't know where you go to eat. I mean, it's beginning to freak me out. <laughs> I don't know where you go. Is this just North Kent you're talking about? Where the toilets are disgusting, there's people sweating all over your food. I was referring to that time you cooked for me, Mike, but you know. <laughs> I think, I mean, it's the trouble is, Howard, you feel like you might be fighting a bit of a losing battle here because there's so many food outlets, there's so much to inspect. I mean, it's a, it's it's more than a 24-hour-a-day job, isn't it? Uh, well, it is, but, you know, everybody has one of these things. Um, let's let's get it out and proud, and then people can make their informed choices, and if somebody isn't displaying it, ask them, say, where's your... Uh, 
Where's your scores on the doors certificate? Yeah. Why haven't you got it? I mean, I was in a restaurant last night where it took me all di- all night to get them to try and fix the wobbly table. Never mind asking for a hygiene rating, but it was quite an expensive place. I so. think it should be the law, and mm. I think that keep on campaigning, and sooner or later people will always realise that that's the only sensible thing. Well, don't you guys don't you guys kind of make the laws on these matters, though, Howie? Can you not just insist? Uh, well, no, on it's it? the government that makes the laws on these matters. It's it's us poor people in local government that have to implement them. Yeah, but can you not uh, pass like some say, kind of council bylaw though? Uh, no, no, it's not. It's national legislation, this, which, which, yeah, which, which says you have to display it in Wales and Northern Ireland, right. but for some reason doesn't in England. So a stroke of a pen could change this tomorrow, yeah. which I think could better inform people and would help us improve food safety and, 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 and food hygiene yeah. for a whole set of people. Well, maybe you need to get yourself up to Birmingham during Tory party conference next week, because clearly, you know, they need something to take their minds off Brexit, because that's all they're talking about at the moment. Yeah, well, I'll have a, I'm, I'm up for anything as long as it gets this sensible change, mate. Whatever yeah. needs to be done. OK. All right, Councillor Howard Sykes, thank you very much indeed. Vice Chair of the Local Government Association. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Now, this is the kind of music I prefer to have on this show. Okay. This is much better, isn't it? You don't look impressed. It's fine. All. It's fine. It's fine. It's not as good as Greatest Showman. Nothing can be as good as a Greatest Showman. This is showman. a great song. I did, um, I did uh, This Is Me in The Greatest Showman on the karaoke last you, week. You might as well have party. done This Is You or This Is He, <laughs> This Is They. Oh, I've no idea. Honestly, I've never heard any of it. You're missing out in life. I don't think so. 0344 I'll tell you what, we do some strange stories on this show, right? right? But I don't think we've done one quite as strange as the next one we're about to do. Uh, and it's not uh, Germany, in fact, it's Denmark, as I've just found out. Uh, gay penguins cause flap with kidnap. Now, apparently, a pair of gay penguins in Denmark have kidnapped a chick uh, from a heterosexual couple while their backs were turned. Uh, it says here, prompting a Jeremy Kyle-type confrontation. He's on uh, talk radio, Jeremy wow. Kyle. Wow. Yes. We better seek some uh, guidance on this. Sasha Norris uh, is here. Uh, she's a doctor, zoologist and broadcaster. Sasha, a very good uh, morning to you. Welcome. 
Hello, hi. Thanks very much <laughs> for <laughs> thanks very much for joining us. Uh, these are two male Humboldt uh, penguins. I've haven't heard of Humboldt penguins before. What's what's particularly different about them? Um. I'm not. I'm not a penguin expert, so I can't Aren't tell you? you too much about Humboldt. What are you penguins. doing on this show then? Wow, well, we've got <laughs> there's a lot of species in the world, possibly 30 million species of animals. So I think I can be excused for okay. um, not necessarily like. But um, what I can tell you is that um, these penguins have sort of paired up and uh, formed a, a, you know, done all the sort of mating rituals. Right. Um, really kind of got it got it together and 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 i guess had a strong motivation to be parents yes um and apparently the sort of the biological parents kind of went off swimming right. uh, leaving their chick uh, unattended and uh, at that point this uh, couple sort of stepped in and decided they were gonna um yeah take over and right. look after this little one because so. penguins as far as i know um and i don't know whether um, i know any much more about penguins than you do but i think the male just states the egg quite for quite a long time, doesn't he? He's generally speaking um, the kind of the carer of the two penguins. Yeah, he's kind of like the uber dad, isn't he? He kind of goes off into a well, in, in terms of he goes into the middle of the ice sheets and sort of yeah. spends the horrific winter just kind of guarding this, losing sort of the majority of his body weight in the process, and uh, yeah, kind of being incredibly sort of self-sacrificial to mm. to his little one, and then eventually the mum kind of waddles across and sort of takes over, yeah. but. Um, but yeah, they have. They clearly have this really sort of powerful desire to sort of be a parent, be a dad, mm. do what they do. Um, but obviously, if you're sort of paired with another male, you know that can be a bit biologically difficult. So you, you know you've got to kind of get your chick from somewhere. And they they obviously found one and sort of decided to to um, yeah <laughs> take up the mantle. To go for were. it, yeah. I mean, there is some sort of precedent to this. There was um, in California. There were some studies, especially at the time of DDT, when there was a lot of deaths, mortality of of gulls, and they were finding a lot of um, female female pairs, so lesbian gulls, right. uh, looking after to young ones, and they sort of go off and mate with one of the sort of males that were available, uh, lay eggs, and they'd often lay sort of well, super clutches, like lots and lots of eggs mm. because they're two females rather than, and then yeah, yeah, look after the babies together. So, and yeah, across the animal kingdom, there's quite a lot of examples of this. Um, so it's not, it's not as uncommon as you might think. Oh, it's all very cute, but at the same time, you know, it's theft. And uh, Yeah, know, what was, the, was there a confrontation uh, after the uh, supposed uh, kidnapping? I think there was a scrap, wasn't there? And then the parents kind of, like, got it back. But I, I think there's been some sort of outcry from the public about whether, you know, <laughs> whether eggs should be sort of, like, whether the, whether the gay couple should have been allowed to sort of, yeah. you know, after all... Well, I mean, the one, the, the, one thing, the one thing you can always be sure of in this bizarre world in which we now live is that everybody's got an opinion. You're going to hear everybody's opinion about absolutely everything, even if you don't want to hear it. <laughs> even and if it's been going on in nature for the last... trending on Twitter, you 250 know. 250 years. Yeah, I mean, it's just bonkers, isn't it? But, I mean, it's kind of an interesting... Um, it's it's an interesting phenomena anyway, because, of course, um, you know, in terms of the adoption of creatures, you don't normally... I mean, you were saying there's been other cases of it, but there's not many, are there, in the wild? It's, it is quite unusual, but I think the thing about animals is that they kind of just adapt to their situations and right. get on with it. And they have a sort of, as I say, a very strong desire to sort of engage in life, in the process of kind of making life, reproducing, and, 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 and in, you know, actually the acts of parenting. So mm. I guess... Given a certain situation, if you're in a zoo, zoo um, you know there may be it may have been limited options, or these two may have just chosen each other anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think animals. But there are quite a lot of um, quick, you know, quick bit of research before talking to you guys. I mean, there's kind of there are hundreds of different animals. I mean, some, some uh, researchers 
suggest there's up to sort of 1,500 different animals that have shown some degree of homosexuality. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but of course, it's been there's been a kind of outcry from the sort of uh, right wing, sort of saying, "Oh no, it's it's unnatural." <laughs> but um, but it's it's you know animals. Well, I mean, how can it be though? They don't have- but that's exactly, I mean, it's sort of defeating their own argument, aren't they? By saying that it's unnatural when it's actually happening. Yeah. In, you know, in, in the wild. Right. I mean, it may be a zoo, but it's still happening. And so therefore, how can it, it's not like anybody's, you know, taking them into a gay bar and turning them gay. You know, they, they're doing it naturally. <laughs> and animals sort of don't have our prejudices, of course. They're no. not sort of hung up on sort of social norms. So they just, they just sort of, yeah, as I say, kind of just do what, do what comes Whatever makes them, them happy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and they exactly. also, they mate, I think they mate for life, don't they, penguins? I think they're one of the species that does that. Yeah, they do. I mean, lots of, lots of species of birds um, will get together with a partner and stay together for life, as long as something sort of catastrophic doesn't happen. So, I mean, swans are the classic example yes. where we think of them as being sort of, yeah, permanently married, uh, much more married than human beings, I might say. Um, but they, Some they, can, they can, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, not wishing to, yeah, offend, but yeah, married couples that have, that have managed to make it. But yeah. Um, up to, yeah, I mean, in swans, it's the majority will stay together for life. But um, there are cases where if they've failed to breed successfully for sort of several years in a row they can divorce in those circumstances okay and then sometimes each pair of that partner will go off and successfully have a baby with someone else mm. so you know that it that sometimes there's just an incompatibility they mourn they as well don't they swans i mean that. swans can mourn for their for their lost loved one for the rest of their life sometimes yeah there are cases where they just don't they don't don't remate and they sort of elect, elective electively don't remate as it were they seem to just mm deliberately choose to sort of cherish <laughs> yeah, that memory. I sometimes <laughs> see, like. see animals, you know, pets with toys and certainly cuddly things. And I think to myself, I think that that animal thinks it's more of a child than it is yeah. a pet, it is a um, you know cuddly toy. Right. And so you know, that possessiveness around a cuddly toy, the one that they always want to take to bed at night that they want to curl up with, yeah. I kind of think that there's like an attachment to it, especially if it's got a face on it. Yeah. I think to myself, I'm not sure they realise that's a toy. I think they think that's a Mind you, know, you know, any toy yeah, that my dog's had, it usually gets destroyed within oh, about okay. sort of five minutes. Yeah, that's your, that's your household, though. <laughs> yeah, that's I true. Think, I think we have to remember that, like, we kind of have these animals as our companion animals, our pets, and we we kind of deliberately put them into a situation where they have to be celibate, you know, where they don't reproduce. And I think, you know, reproduction and parenting is such a fundamental kind of animal behaviour, it's 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 central to life, really. So, yeah, they probably are. There was an example of Coco, the gorilla, which was yeah. um, a gorilla that was taught sign language, and she, they tried to, they tried to make her and get her to, like, have her own offspring, and that didn't work. She had multiple sort of miscarriages and things. And then eventually, um, she asked for a kitten for her birthday, because she could sign this from books and, and, and so on, and, and they gave her a toy kitten, and she threw it a, across the room and was like, I don't want that. So they gave her a real kitten, and she sort of tenderly cared for this huh. this kitten, and, and then the, you know the cat for for many years. So yeah, animals definitely are. I think deferring that those feelings onto onto other creatures. Oh, interesting. Now we had a debate earlier this week about mammals and eggs and things like that, based upon the beluga whale that's swimming around in the uh, in the Thames estuary, which I think is still there, and the people are still wondering <laughs> if it's going to go back out to the North Sea. Penguins, right, are technically presumably birds, but they kind of. Yeah. Um, but they but they have eggs um, and and they don't really fly, do they? No, that's right. They don't fly because because they're adapted to sort of swimming underwater and catching fish. Yeah. So they've kind of like evolution has put all of that, all of its attention onto that. So are they not more like sort of mammals then? Because they don't swim underwater and oh. breathe underwater, do they? 
gosh. So now you're asking for like the taxonomic sort of <laughs> what makes. See, I find these, I mean, these I kind think, of things fascinating. Yeah, I mean, lots of things. I guess you get sort of, you know, I mean, are they more like a fish? In fact, yeah. you know, underwater. I think you get something called convergent evolution, where animals from com- sort of very different sort of evolutionary bits of the tree, yeah. if you like, the evolutionary tree kind of develop very similar characteristics. So, you know, a penguin and a seal are quite similar, rather yeah. than a or a turtle. And they're from three completely different sort of lineages. Yeah, because a but seal is a mammal, isn't it? A seal is a mammal, and then, of course, a turtle is a reptile, but yeah. then a bird is... But birds are kind of more closely related to reptiles yeah. than and we dinosaurs. are, but they're warm-blooded. Um, yeah. So, that, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I think I've blown your like mind here, Katie, live. haven't I, with this? <laughs> Sorry. So he's, looking, he's looking at me for answers, and the fact is, I don't I have find, any. No, answers. I find it all amazing because you're right. It's it's a kind of a, a, a mishmash. It's becoming, I think, you know, that we're dealing with. Uh, with, with maybe the, the the delineations have to change over time because they're becoming different sorts of creatures. Ah. Yeah, I mean, you can you kind of what you do in evolution, you kind of trace it back to like the origins, and there are certain characteristics that you know these different groups have in common that they don't have in common with mm. uh, with other animals. So. Um, yeah, so mammals are here, so for example, the hairy, furry, um, you know, that would be one thing. They they tend to have live, live they you know, give birth to live offspring rather than to yes. eggs. Um, yeah. So, so I guess... I mean, there, there, there's always exceptions, you know, to those rules. And, and even, I mean, you know, since life emerged on Earth, so you're talking three and a half billion years, there's been a long, long time for sort of things to, you know, diversify yes. and... Yeah. Indeed. <laughs> well, a pleasure to speak to you, Dr. Sasha. And I mean, I guess the final warning for any uh, uh, sort of penguins in the Denmark Zoo, uh, in this zoo in Denmark, they should just not leave their children unattended, right? <laughs> That's right. Put signs up. Oh, she's gone. They put signs up. And, um, uh, you know, even those that can kind of sign read, re- what sign read? <laughs> sign. That, that can sign language. You know, we should make sure that they're, they're fully aware. Mm. So all these other animals have been taught sign language. Yeah, yeah. We should make sure but signs they are they up. can't do anything sign language. They've got flippers. Oh, I, I was see. saying, Dr. <laughs> Sasha, that we should put a warning out, should we not, that they shouldn't leave their kids unattended. Yeah, indeed. Although I reckon that, that that couple could have been quite, you know, quite helpful, actually. Maybe maybe they could be babysitters. Babysitters, yeah, exactly. Aunts and uncles. Or yeah, uncles like, and uncles. Yeah, extended family yeah, time. Uncle. Why not? It's all, yeah. it's all fascinating stuff. <laughs> Dr. Sasha, thank you very much indeed. Dr. Sasha Norris there, a zoologist and broadcaster, but not apparently an expert on penguins. I think I knew more about penguins than she did. <laughs> the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. So apparently you're such a frightening um, gender and species <laughs> that men spend seven hours a year hiding in a bathroom to get away from you. What is going on? Uh, which, me specifically, or well, the you're, gender? Well, you're, right, well, yes. you're the only representative of your gender in the I'm studio. I'm feeling that any minute now I'm yeah. going to be heavily picked on <laughs> because there's another man that's joined us in the studio. There is. And uh, I feel I feel that it's two to one. And I'd just like to point out right now yeah. that you know, where there's blame, there's a claim. Yes. And there's bullying, bullying. Uh, policies yeah, uh, well, in we the have building. A very firm so policy just, against bullying in the talk radio just, building. Just watch your language. I can tell you that. We are joined by David Spencer, who is, of course, talk radio's new supremo, uh, and dad, it says here. Oh, well, there you are. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, there's two reasons to go and hide for a yeah, start. I was going to say, it's not the women that you're hiding from. It's the kids. It's yeah, the, well, actually, well, it's harder to hide from the kids, though, isn't it? Uh, very, very much so harder. They, 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 they're not so aware of the rules around, you know, if your ablutions are underway, that yeah. you need some, some privacy yes. and, and some time alone. Exactly. Which is, is a big I issue. I mean, are you one of those people that has a house with any, do- any locks on any of the doors? Because I grew up uh, in a house where you couldn't lock the bathroom door. 
basically, which which you just everybody just kind of got used to knowing who was in there, and you just had to wait till they came out because we only had one bathroom as well. Yeah, there's an indicator in our house because we have uh, an upstairs bathroom that has no locks, right. never had a lock, right. uh, but you just know if the door is shut, that's it. Okay. Don't don't go in there, except right. obviously when and and I had um, stepchildren, so right. I kind of as my family described it, sort of add water and suddenly had a family. Yeah, and you know boys at sort of five and seven. Yeah didn't have the the knowledge that david has some escape time yes which was to you know because that's and, a bit harder as well isn't it when you sort of inherit somebody else's children yeah and i remember one day in particular i was finding it particularly stressful i was bored of running around the garden playing football and whatever was out else was going on playing tiger woods golf on yeah. the playstation for oh, example we'll come to that in a okay. minute um but um i needed to escape take a magazine a little bit of a breather you know and Daniel, our eldest, wandered in and I just shouted, is there no place in this house I can escape? And it was a particularly stressful day just when, you know, it all gets yeah. a little bit much. You know, I, w- I was young and, uh, you know, perhaps found the this sort of instant children thing particularly mm. tough. But, yeah, I think you do need a bit of peace and quiet. You do need, and both sexes, I think, actually Have you need got that. now a place to go? Do you have like a shed or something like that? Because we've had people texting in all sorts of places where they go. One guy said he's got a converted garage, which has got a fridge in it, got a computer we can watch football in there you know put the beers in the fridge you spend hours in there disappear for ages yeah i i think you you need to over time build up that little sanctuary is, is that a particularly male thing to need that no, place and i think that it's wrong to think that people are strange to like their own company i like my own company i don't need i mean you know i wouldn't like it for more than a couple of days right, right? i would be really lonely uh-huh. and i want all of my family and yeah, all but of like, my you friends would never be everything. lonely though because you've always got people that if you wanted to go in, out and see them you could go out and see them i think there's a lot to be said for having a bit of a private space yeah you know i mean i spend the week in london uh, in a flat which currently is being occupied by my daughter my older daughter which is a bit of a nightmare although i never know whether she's going to come home or not um and she's only well been that's there never one... helpful is it well, no it's not no <laughs> but i mean i quite like it when i'm just there on my own yeah, you know I... I can get some work done there's things i can do you know when i'm with the kids at the weekend that's fine i'm very busy you and walk also, the dog and all that if you know your do- if your job is is quite a kind of a sociable job yeah it spends all day talking yeah so i've just spent my week at the Labour party conference and i was craving not speaking to anyone yeah, not seeing exactly. anyone and i was saying so why you came here yeah <laughs> live on the radio talk radio chosen station. the wrong thing yeah, to exactly. do yeah but, but i was saying to people look you know i don't have to go to this party tonight you can do without me i really do want to go back to my apartment and literally not speak to anyone until tomorrow morning yeah and they all kind of like, you know, are you feeling all right? Yeah. Are you okay? And I said, I need my own space. Sure. I need my own space. And do you know what as well? People are spending a lot of time and a lot of money knocking all the walls down in their houses to make it open plan. And they're only realising now that that's not such a good idea right. if you have nowhere else to mm. go to shut the door on it. Yeah. So, you know, if you've got a little separate sitting room or a playroom, that's fine. That's yeah. perfect. But if you've got the whole of your downstairs open plan, you can't escape from anyone. I mean, there are moments, and I mean, where you have this as well in, in my house, um, where the, the two kids are there, their mother's there. We're all actually in a separate room doing something completely separate. And I sometimes say to myself, you know, I came down here to see you lot. And what are you doing? <laughs> you know, because that's my time to kind of share with them. But so I don't know. I mean, anything that's ever happy yeah, but it's to see me. It's comfort that they know that you're is, there, though. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, the only the only thing that ever seems happy to see me down there is the dog. Oh. You know, Aww. you know, the rest of them couldn't care less whether I turn so up or not. So the dog walk is escape. The dog walk is escape. That, yeah, that it, is an escape. It's, oh look, the dog needs walking. It's like no, it's already been out for a walk today. No, definitely, it's a nice day. Dog needs walking. Yeah. And the minute you know they're going. One of my favourite things to do is to put the dog in the back of the car, drive to the, to the beach, which is about fifty minutes away, and just walk on the beach with the dog. It's brilliant. And, that's a, and that is a wonderful escape. What surprised me with this study is that um, it says seven hours a year. Yeah. Now, I guess that's a specific toilet situation yes. that they're talking about in this study. Yeah. Because I would have thought over a weekend, 
actually seven hours sometimes to me would have been a weekend's escape that I needed <laughs> from, from, from the boys, particularly when they were, you know, at that very busy age between sort of five and 12 mm. and 13, you know, very energetic, yeah. you know, sometimes around the house. They just don't know to stop and leave that, that space. Isn't that also the time when you're ferrying them backwards and forwards of various things, you know, like cl- clubs yeah, and, parties, and football matches? Lots of parties. I never found parties. that actually stopped even when they got to the age where they could drive. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if that's the case for everyone, but yeah. the, the, the taxiing just becomes later at night. I think it starts off as sort of mid-afternoon taxiing, yeah. right. you know, those parties where yeah. you, people have those grand things around on a Saturday or something. Then it gets to sort of Saturday evening. Yeah. Then it gets to Saturday night. It's, and it's, it's, Sunday know, morning and at they 3 go, o'clock in the morning. I open the front door and my son and go, have you got a present? We've got a card and a present. Yeah. I'm going to a party tomorrow. I've got it. And I'm like, uh, I'm on it. I'm on it. I'm, I'm on it. It's just, just having, it's just have a sort of a room full of presents. Yeah. And you just well, pick one out. Well, I've, I've done that before. I've done that. I've done a whole massive Argos shop mm. after Christmas in the sale. Yeah. Stuck it all in the back of the wardrobe. Right. And literally Googled presents just, for five-year-olds. Just, just wrap it. And just wrap, you know, yeah. just, just piddle it out and go, That's look what good. I've got. Look what I've got. Very impressive. You know, and I said, well, a note in a card do. And my kids look at me like, no, a note in a card won't do, actually. Yeah. Make some effort. But yeah, I think, the, I think they're underestimating the amount of hours we've got to skate. My kids, for the first time, have got season tickets together to right. go into to the football mm. on a home game. So okay. every other weekend, or at least one in three, for the first time in kind of nine or ten years, nice. I've got my afternoon to myself. And when also, when you're away like you have been, and you will be next week, then you don't mind spending more time when you get home, presumably. Because well, you I rush home to see them, yeah. and then they're kind of acting up because I haven't seen me for a couple yeah. of days. And they so won't give go it 20 to minutes, you're then had enough. And then I'm kind of like, this outrageous behaviour. Yeah. And my other half's going, well, I haven't had any problems the whole week since you've been yeah. quite typical. Yeah, of course. You always have that. When he went away to Australia, he came back and I said, there's not been one, one incident of shouting the whole time you've been away. <laughs> well, Julie Hartley-Brewer said to us that she's only seen her husband's three hours this week she seemed quite happy about successful it. marriage you know, not as happy I imagine as he he's is. probably quite happy you got in there first yeah but I mean it is interesting isn't it that because uh, uh, a lot of people I go to their houses and you see I mean I don't I'm not one of those people that likes particularly to go to the bathroom and read Lots of people you do. You don't have a magazine rack. No, in... I don't. I don't because it's kind of, I've always read sort of for, for a living, if you like. You know, I spend my time reading all the time. For, so I don't I don't actually find reading is very relaxing. I have to be on a kind of beach holiday with a book before I'll even consider it. But I, so I don't really do it at home. But loads of people have reading materials in the bathroom, which I, and I find that a bit odd. Yeah, my brother has a magazine rack, and when my wife first discovered that, it was sort of like, hang on a minute, this is a bit odd. And I yeah. said, no, no, I think it's a good idea. You know, the sort of the types of magazines may be questionable mm. that he had in his magazine rack, but that's uh-huh. a different thing. But yeah, I, you know, it depends if you need that type of relaxation, yeah. I guess. Um, I, I definitely used to take a, a music magazine, uh-huh. stick the radio on. Really? And yeah, and, um, there would be no but search then... party after I didn't appear for about 30 minutes. They'd know that, that that's kind of... Really? So you realized. would actually spend as long as half an hour there? Yeah, yeah. You have to watch, make sure you keep your feet wow. moving and you don't get I was you know, say. sort of. You know, Otherwise, you'd have to be sort of be like that scene from <laughs> Lethal Weapon, wouldn't it? They have to get you out before it blows up. Wear the right type of socks and I things like that. I could spend more than 10 flow. minutes in no. the bathroom. That would drive me nuts. No. And also, I'm kind of, I don't think, um, I'm not somebody, I don't like to lie on a, on a, on a sort of sunbed or a beach no. towel. Or, Boring. I can't do anything without moving for very long. So, I mean, I don't think I could ever be in a bathroom for more than about five no. or ten minutes. No, no, no. And then it's you're not out. really you. Did they it? ask that in this survey when they said about the seven hours and are they actually sort of just sort of sat there? you know holding their head in their hands sort of go I need some escape yeah. or you know is it a sort of a function as well yes. I mean you know there, there's what happened to going down the pub by the way <laughs> I mean they're, all, they're all closing down yeah exactly down. Yeah, don't, yeah there's yeah. not one there they're here's, all trendy the other, here's one thing from the story that won't surprise either of you it says despite being their place of calm 44% of men admit their partner still tends to clean the bathroom most often 
really? Well, in my case, that would be always because I don't clean bathrooms, basically. No. Oh, I, are you too above yourself uh, to clean I bathrooms? I just don't really do it. I don't. I've got a cleaner. Well, what about if I bought you all the kind of stuff you needed? No. Uh, you wouldn't do it? No. Why not? Don't want to. No. Why not? I just don't want to. Are you above yourself? I'll put Domestos in it, you know, do a bit of that, but that's as far as is it goes. It, is it beneath you? It's not beneath me. I just don't clean. There's Have you ever point. cleaned toilets? No. Never cleaned a toilet? No. In your life? No. Wowzers. Why? There you are. And I'm in there long enough to spot all the stuff that needs cleaning. Well, so indeed. when I finished, I just well, go downstairs. Well, you were in there so long, you yeah, should have exactly, cleaned yeah. it while you were there. Do you honest. squeegee the shower or wipe the line no. around the bath? No. No. No, nothing. I don't do any of that. You just get out. Yeah. Shake it all about. Yeah. And then um, leave someone else to clear up your mess for you. No. I don't leave anyone else to clear it up. It's not well, I'm not some kind of filthy animal. <laughs> I mean, it's not like you need to come in after I've been in the bathroom and steam and, clean yeah. the place. You know. So I have a shower every day. Okay, I'm not that yeah, dirty. Yeah, okay. okay? So, but, but, I don't but, roll around in the mud. You, but you, you've never cleaned a toilet no, in your whole life? No. Oh, Why would I? Because I mean, when I was a student, you wouldn't do it because you just didn't clean anything in oh, those days, right? God. I lived in a house that was like the young ones. And one of the oh. guys had a bed propped up by, by those massive big uh, jar, empty jars of pickled onions. Didn't oh. even have legs on it. We threw the plates in the back garden because we lived above a crockery shop which had been abandoned. So we just went and got new plates when we needed them. Never washed them. Oh, that's disgusting. That was great. That is horrendous. <laughs> that was tremendous. You animals. It was tremendous. Animals. I feel sorry for and your neighbours. Well, I've lived got with, two boys. And then I moved in with my then girlfriend, and who I married, and she did all the cleaning, right? Naturally. And then when I had a place of my own, I had a cleaner. Well, um, I can say that uh, with two boys, uh, even with a cleaner, you have to go around after them with a constant spray in your hand. Really? And then what my biggest fear is that someone comes to visit my house. Yeah. I say to them, would you like a cup of tea? And I'm putting the kettle on and they go, do you mind if I quickly nip to the loo? And as that walk to the bathroom, <laughs> I am thinking, is that toilet clean? Yeah. Is it clean? Right. Those horrible little children yes. may well have not left it clean. Yeah, well, that's and possible. And then occasionally I, say, I shout at them and say to them, George, or, you know, you, you guys... Mm. You've not left it clean, have you? And they're yeah. kind of the guilt-based <laughs> looks, which is... I say, you don't even have to clean it yourself. You just come and tell mummy, and mummy cleans it, but you don't just Well, maybe that's it. why I don't clean bathrooms, because maybe that's what my mother told me. Yeah, you know, probably. So you're probably training them to be like me. Go and tell someone They'll else. They'll have a great life. A, a female. Yeah, well, yeah. it doesn't have to be a female. I don't care who cleans it, as long as it's not me. Yeah. Male, female. Ends up being me. Yeah, I, I mean... Hermaphrodite. The, the bit I'm finding difficult here is that when I'm visiting someone's house, actually using their facilities, yes. I find really difficult anyway. You so. can't do it in somebody else's house and no. sit there for half an hour. Can no, you? How do we no. get onto this subject? <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. I'm I really, know. I find it really funny. I, you know, there's certain bathrooms I can't use. Really? Yeah. Mm. No, I'd rather wait. If they haven't got a really? magazine yeah. rack, I haven't got a chance. What about public toilets? No? Well, no. Can you imagine the germs in a public toilet? I only go to public toilets if I'm really, really desperate. And train toilets on what trains. What about it in the conference? Such a no-no. Yeah, trains are not good. Trains. Are the, I've got to get on a train. Thanks for reminding me. Trains are the ultimate yeah, in somewhere you don't happen. want to be stuck. No. Caught no. short. Mm. They're the worst. But the, the, going back to the locks on the bathroom tours, yeah. we bought ones that were kind of, uh, you know, if the child puts the lock on and then you're really stuck and yeah. you can't get out, you can get the child out. Right. My kids know that you can now open the lock on our bathroom door with a 2P piece. <laughs> so they run off, <laughs> you know. get a 2P piece, stick it in, turn it, and right. they're like, hello, hello. come and talk to you. You know, um, no. I, I, I just remember this one. Right? I was on a train once going down to, uh, down to Sussex. And it was quite a busy train, so people were standing. And you have got one of those, um, auto, you know, the automatic door toilets, the really big one. Yeah. And the door closes and opens, right? And this woman went in. <laughs> oh, no. And the door opened. And, and she's she sitting, sitting there. there. Oh, my 
my and god! And there's all these people outside. No. And I'm going. Um, That's not okay. And I just because she couldn't get up, obviously, to hit the button, right, to close <laughs> the door. Mid flow. Yeah. So. <laughs> You're kind That's of going, okay. I went, okay, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll maybe try and close it. And I'm standing there, like, even closer to her than I was meant to, trying to shut the door. But that's, it wouldn't shut. That's, that's, oh, that's no. my biggest it's a fear. Whole it wouldn't close. Yeah, oh, no. Anything like that is my biggest fear. We all so just no kind way. of walked away. We all just kind of went, well. Go to leave you to it. Yeah. So someone didn't spot, oh, there's extra space in there. Let's move in there <laughs> as well. Oh, my <laughs> God. It's one of the funniest things we've ever oh, seen. Awful. awful. It's not good at all. So She's probably still traumatised. No, there's yeah. no private space anywhere at any time. No. Certainly away from children and other half. Mm. Your other half. Quite. It's 12.49. It's Friday. It's time for this. The 2018 Perrier Awards on Talk Radio. That's right, folks. It's time of Perrier Awards, where I cast my ears back over the week of the so-called Independent <laughs> Republic of Mike Graham so cool. and choose my favourite moments. I've spent my week in Liverpool hobnobbing at the Labour Party conference. But so you claim. <laughs> but throughout, I have one headphone in listening to the entirety of the show using the Talk Radio app, which is available for download from all good app stores. So let's find out who the lucky winners are this week. Our first Perrier goes to me, Katie Perrier. I win the Fashion Mogul of the Week. Most of the women here have red dresses on. It's like it's like a kind of thing. If you support the Labour Party and you go to conference, you, have you to wear, wear a red, red dress. Because so I stand out like a mile. Katie, what colour are you wearing? Mustard. <laughs> <laughs> mustard. Mustard. Oh, God. And Mike wins the second award today. He wins the Perrier for the most childish phobia. I have a problem with the dark. <laughs> That's it. I didn't say I was frightened of the dark. I you just don't like the dark? No, no, it's not that. It's just we were talking about the context, of course, has been removed so that you can't know. It's when I go to the cinema and it's dark, I find myself falling asleep. Oh, OK. Because if, right. if I'm in the dark, yeah. I tend to fall asleep. But you're not afraid of it? I'm okay. not afraid of it. All no, right, not right, at all. Right. Absolutely not. That's a rubbish uh, accusation to make. <laughs> well, earlier in the week, you and Dawn Needson were talking to a guest about an increase in stolen dogs, but it seems the conversation went on. Dawn was more interested in the enterprise, so she wins the Perrier for the personal inquiry of the week tying up shops but they're not the biggest areas that dogs are taken from it's heartbreaking because nowhere's safe and that's what's so scary for, for owners now uh, and how what to do and, and how much money can dogs go for you know when they're being well, uh, sold on she was definitely eyeing up that opportunity wasn't she <laughs> it's time to go overseas to talk radio to golf racing and royal basically anything posh correspondent rupert bell that's him he was live in france for the Ryder cup and he wins the award for the bilingual person of the week the Ryder Cup is about to get underway at the end of this week. Rupert, a very good morning to you. Welcome. Uh, good morning to you both. Yes, um, from um, Le Golf National, to be precise. Very nice. <laughs> Le Golf National. Total posh. Yeah, that's, golf, that's national golf, I think, in French. Uh, OK. Le right. Golf he was just showing off, wasn't he? He was, yeah. He well, said frison a bit later on as well. I tell you what, it's fair to say though, it's been a whale of the week of the, on this show. Oh, Get it? Get it? I do. Of course, Jeremy the whale has ended up in Gravesend, which meant that Talk Radio's whale correspondent Alex Dibble and his expertise meant that he won the Perry Award for the Marine Biologist of the Week. Alex, a very good uh, afternoon to you. What have you seen lately? A very good afternoon to you, Mike. I've lately I've seen that the whale is now moving a little bit, sort of. What is it? It's upstream, isn't it? Um, no, well, no, you're no, on downstream. the spot. Well, which way is it? Do, do you not know? Well, I'm just, I always get confused between upstream and downstream. That's I'm not, not going to lie to you. This is I brilliant. That, yeah. I tell you, that is award-winning radio. It really is. It's tremendous stuff. And one who's down there, Dibble met Claire Giroux from the RSPCA who spoke to us. She wins the Perrier for the most passive-aggressive comment from a female. Couldn't the helicopter possibly be uh, sort of adding to its distress? <laughs> 
Yes, the helicopter is adding to its distress, and we have asked for the helicopter not to hover over the river. Quite right. Uh-huh. How's that right. going? <laughs> yes, the helicopter's still hovering it's over the still river. still hovering over the river, <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Well, you could hear it. Oh, God, that wasn't very good, was it? Yeah, no. And Dibble won the most passive-aggressive from a fem- from a male today for this shade thrown at the talk radio online team. Yeah, but that's what yeah. you'll be saying when you watch my video. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, well, no, hopefully it, that will uh, be put out by talk, uh, talk radio at some point as well, no? Or have you not given Indeed, permission? Yeah, we, we, we hope the social media guys are doing their jobs properly today and uh, they'll, they'll be on top of that. So you give a guy a microphone, he gets a bit carried away. Harsh. You know, yeah. there's internal wranglings Inspector there, Dibble. live on radio. Well, it turned out as well that they'd already put it out, so he hadn't even checked his facts. Oh, see. So he looked a bit of a, oh, a, bit of a wally, I'm afraid, I have to say. So it's back to you again, Mike. Oh, good. You win the perrier for a voice of the week for this moment from when you were describing Jeremy Corbyn walking on stage at the Labour Party conference to deliver his speech. John McDonald's clapping. Oh, he's embracing Tom Watson. Check your pockets, Tom. <laughs> well, you know, Brilliant. just a bit of a friendly advice. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. I would have loved to have heard you, you know, absolutely. I was giving a running commentary as we were through. watching it, yeah. Brilliant. And I, also, I did watch the embrace that he gave John McDonald. It wasn't warm. Ah, you know, very cold. It was very cold. Guess what? We've got more Dibble now, of oh, course. Good. He wins the Perrier for the best polite laugh. That's right. It's an absolutely gorgeous day down in Dover. The sun is shining. We can see the white cliffs just uh, in front of us here. Can you see any and... blue birds flying? <laughs> 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 that <laughs> was funny, a very false laugh, wasn't Mike it? Mike and Daisy were privileged this week I thought to speak that was to quite Harry good. Bradbeer, the director of Killing Eve. He yes. may have won BAFTAs, but he's now the proud recipient for the Perry Award for the Echo of the Week. Well, maybe you could ask him to about. unblock me. <laughs> <laughs> I will, I'll tell him. I'll tell him. I'll tell him. And back to Dibble, who wins the award for the most excitement of the week. You'll be able to see a 40-second video, at which point, um, during which it, it surfaces three times. Oh, there it is again. Um... The big okay. There it is again. The big well, you worry. Are, yes, you are supposed to be watching the whale. You know, you don't sound so surprised when it pops its head up. <laughs> there it is again. Well, there you are watching a whale. Yeah. What do you think you're going to see? The big worry yesterday was monkeypox. Doctor Lawrence yes. Buckman was on hand to let us know more. He won the Perrier for the shortest interview. Let's talk to Lawrence, Doctor Lawrence Buckman now, as a North London GP, uh, to find out if this is something we should be worried about. Doctor Buckman, a very good um, uh, morning to you. Welcome. Good morning. Good Thank morning. You. Thank you very much. I mean, I know that this is uh, probably a very, very small outbreak of monkeypox. In fact, it's only the first person that's actually managed to, to pick it up, it would seem, from, from somebody who brought it in from another country. Um, is it something we should worry about? No. Dr. Lawrence Buckman. Absolutely <laughs> straight to the point. I like him a lot. And finally, to Alex Dibble one last time, he wins the Perrier for the best word ordering. As the water gets deeper in the estuary, that's encouraging it to find even colder water and, and go straight back out to the sea. Mm. Uh, whereas when it gets shallower, then the warmer gets water and then it doesn't like it so much. Yeah, I never knew he was dyslexic with water and warmer. It's again, the, a award-winning radio. He's an incredible Dibble, isn't he? I know, that's it for the Perry Awards. There'll be more <laughs> next week. <laughs> The 2018 Perrier Awards on Talk Radio. If there's ever a man to mangle words, Alex Dibble is, is that man. Bless him. Yeah. He only goes on a whale watch and goes, Oh, look, there it is again! <laughs> Except he's on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> you can't see it. <laughs> Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. So if you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday on Talk Radio, via DAB, online or via the Talk Radio app.
If you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.